our leaders getting no respect. Lesser, adjective, of less size, quality, degree, or significance, of lower status. We're going to talk about that coming up. UFOs, yep, back in the news again. And itty-bitty, teeny, tiny little road signs. Really, about this big and not helpful. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Our viewers, uh, we are live across Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Rumble.com. And I just stubbed my toe. Ow. Oh, that hurts. Okay. Yeah. We're also a podcast. Uh, Thank you for those of you who have signed up, and uh, we really appreciate that. Absolutely free to subscribe, just wherever you get your favorite podcast. Check out the Jay Sheldon Show. That's our logo. And uh, click, click, just do a search, click, subscribe, or follow. That's it. You're done. Thank you. And uh, be sure you listen in. You can take us with you wherever you are. Our podcast is the audio part of our video live stream three nights a week, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. And, uh, yeah, we got, uh, we got, we got quite a few little, little tidbits of things to get to tonight on the show and, uh, we will get, we will get through them. Yes. I still have this flu. It is still holding on. It will be two weeks tomorrow that it started. Now, I know all you grandmas and, you know, aunties in the audience will be saying, ah, it's only been two weeks, no big deal, it'll be gone, you know. It feels like forever, seriously. I am still a bit heaty, stuffy, coughing. It just won't break. Man, I'm telling you. (sighs) Anyway, yes, let's get over to our favorite little furry friend, shall we? Miko update. Miki, Miki, Miko update. Miko's doing great. She actually had a really off day today. Uh, all, I work from home still for the most part. And t- today she was just down. You could just tell she wasn't feeling her Wheaties. And uh, boy, there's an old expression. Uh, but she just kind of had one of those blur days. Uh She seems fine now. She did finally eat her food and played around a little bit. I, this is not Miko, but I had to share this tonight because it's, it is Miko, but it's not a picture of Miko. This is exactly, people always say, what's it like to have a Shiba Inu? This explains it in no uncertain terms. From zero to two months, that's what they look like. From two to 24 months, that's what they act like. And then after 24 months, that's what they act like. With Miko, she will be three on the 1st of December. That's her birthday. So it's been a little more than 24 months, and she's kind of still at the Velociraptor stage. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, she is doing great, and uh, we love her to pieces, of course. Our Miko update is brought to you by BarkBox. BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. That's our special link. And uh, what is BarkBox? Well, it is a way for you to get a monthly delivery straight to your door if you are in the U.S., U.S. territories, or Canada. And they include 
the most fantastic toys sized for your dog. You can pick when you order small, medium, or large. And if you're not happy with any of the toys, they will replace them, but they're really cool toys. you got to check out the website and take a look at some of these toys. Every month is a different theme based on, you know, the fall season, back to school. They've got a Star Wars box coming up, which is really cool. Uh, Harry Potter, they did, I think. I don't know if that's still available or not. Anyway, you'll get one every month. You can sign up for one month, six months, 12 months. The longer you sign up for, of course, the less expensive. But it's not really expensive. You're getting a hell of a deal. And uh, BarkBox.com will uh, ship you uh, three, uh, three toys, I believe it is, two packs of doggy treats, all natural ingredients. And if your dog has any allergies, there's a place you can tick off what they're allergic to, and they won't, they'll make sure that you, you don't get products with that in it. And a dog chew that comes once a month, just like clockwork, and you and your dog will love it. I promise you. And if you would like, if you can see here, you get an extra month free if you use our link. That is BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. Check it out. No obligation. At least go over, check the site out, take a look around. Again, as for U.S. customers, U.S. territories in Canada, sorry, folks, in the other parts of the world, I know we got a big audience in other places, but they don't deliver internationally yet. Now, if you set up one of those forwarding services, you could actually skirt the system. But anyway, my audience in the U.S. is is pretty large, and hopefully you guys will check it out. BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. And uh, do yourself, but more importantly, do your little pet a favor your furry friend, and uh, go check out BarkBox.com slash Miko. (laughs) All right. Thanks, BarkBox.com. Appreciate that. Uh, What do we got here? Oh, yeah. Lesser people. (laughs) Well, not lesser people, but lesser leaders, including our own Agong. Yeah. This article from World of Buzz. Thanks, World of Buzz. We love your stuff. We, uh, We share a lot of that out there. And uh, let's see. Let me just get rid of the ad first. Here we go. All right. And then we'll switch over to our uh, webcam here. Here we go. Western media gets slammed for addressing our agong, our king. If you don't know, in Malaysia, we call our king the agong, A-G-O-N-G, agong, it's pronounced. And also African leaders as, quote, lesser world leaders. There is uh, our current Agong and uh, some of the other leaders of other nations around the world. Uh, Everyone, regardless of where they're from, deserves to be respected, of course. When it comes to world leaders, we have to be careful when addressing them. However, Western media recently found themselves under fire for addressing some world leaders as lesser world leaders. Most of the figures who were addressed in such a manner were mostly African leaders and also Malaysia's very own king, who is currently on a six-day trip for the late Queen Elizabeth funeral, uh, as well as the reception ceremony for King Charles III. And there, once again, is a picture of our uh, Agong. A news report, which was published September 13th, revealed that the president of the U.S., that goofball Joe Biden, was headed for Westminster Abbey for the Queen's funeral. And I don't have video of it, but trust me, his motorcade 
with the beast. By the way, the Secret Service does not call it the beast. That is laughable. Anyway, with all of the blackened limos and, and huge motorcade that brought this moron Biden. Uh, anyway, in his armored vehicle, the lesser world leaders had to adapt and make do with a shared bus. <sighs> yeah. Um, oh, so there, okay, here is the, uh, what, what the media calls the beast. Uh, that's Biden's limo. While the leaders who took the shared bus were mostly African leaders and the ruler of Malaysia, uh, young Dipertuan Agong al-Sultan Abdullah Rayatuddin al-Mustafa Bila Shah. It's a mouthful. I can't believe I sort of got through it. I'm sorry if I messed up your name. Uh, you can uh, watch the clip of the bus here in, in the, uh, in the uh, link if you want to check it out. And uh, really... Lesser world leaders, the term lesser world leaders expectedly didn't sit well with most people, especially here in Malaysia. In the comments section, a lot of people made it clear it isn't right for certain leaders to be addressed in such a manner. I would say not. The senator of Nigeria took the opportunity to question if the president of his company were being addressed as lesser world leaders, as well as any other people who question the necessity of the term. One thing that irritated me, Senator Shihu uh, Sunni, I've seen King Charles several times during Salah Dubar in Kano, but now a Nigerian name has not been mentioned among the invitees. Uh, talk less of Kano Emirate. Uh, anyway, so it goes on and on. You can read all the different comments people have made. Uh, lesser world leaders. Okay, so here's here's Brandon's limo entourage pulling in with all of his security and everything. Okay, so this, of course, is allegedly the leader of the... Did Prince Andrew tell them not to sweat the small stuff? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not going to go there. All right. So anyway, they stuck Biden, thankfully, way in the back of a crowd of people so he couldn't embarrass himself. And guess what? He still managed to embarrass himself. This man is an idiot. So there he is playing with his tongue during the funeral of Queen Elizabeth. Yes. There he is, your beloved president, playing with his tongue. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. All I know is the man is the worst president in U.S. history ever, 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 ever. The sooner we can get him out of there, the better. All right. So that's that. Yes, our Agong is not a lesser leader. Please, media, stop with the referrals. Look at that. What a great shot that is, though, isn't it? Of uh, Aragon, and I, it doesn't identify who that is with him. I assume that is perhaps one of the African leaders. Maybe not, but uh, I, I, this is a pretty safe assumption on my part. Uh, but there you go. Yeah. So um, that's, uh, that's lesser leaders. 
telling you. It just, you know, we have enough troubles here in Malaysia. We don't need Western media adding to it by making stupid comments. Lesser leaders. Your leader, Western media, leaves a lot to be desired. All right, we have a new highway in Malaysia. This this relates to Malaysia, so if you're not in Malaysia, I know, but bear with me because you can you can relate. You'll understand a little bit more about driving in this country uh, when I get done with this story. I noticed, for some reason, I don't know who designed the road system and the sign system here in Malaysia, but it is horrifically bad. It is unbelievably bad. First of all, I think they took a big pot of spaghetti, the road planners, the infrastructure people. They took a big pot of spaghetti, tossed it up in the air and let it fall down on the ground and then said, there you go. That's our road system. I'm serious. If you saw some of the what are supposed to be like clover leaves and roundabouts and flyovers, and especially like there's a new one in Damansara Perdana, which is, it looks like something out of some dystopian nightmare. Anyway, they've just opened this new Souk Highway, S-U-K-E. Is it pronounced Souk or Souka? I assume it's probably Souk. And the other thing with, with the highways here in Malaysia is the road signs. You know, a few kilometers or a couple of miles before you're going to make a turn, you put the sign that says, you know, route XYZ, 500 meters. So that you have time to prepare. You have time to get in the right lane. Oh, no, not here. 50 meters before you have to turn comes the first sign that tells you that's what this turn is. So if you're in another lane, all of a sudden you got to fight, screech your way over and hope somebody will let you in. Yes, a lot of people bird dog it and they fly up and they try and cut in and it screws up traffic. We've talked about that before. It's a big problem and you drivers are idiots. You should get your licenses pulled and never be allowed to drive again as far as I'm concerned. But truth be known, if you're not familiar with the roads and you're trying to navigate by road signs, good luck. It'll never happen because the road signs are way too close to where you have to turn. Would it have been that big of a deal to just back them up a couple of kilometers so people will be warned, which is kind of the idea behind a road sign? Zane says, I don't always agree with Jay Sheldon's opinions, but his stories about Malaysia tend to be entertaining. (laughs) It wasn't meant to be entertaining. I'm bitching. Uh, I didn't know this about lesser leader stuff. Malaysia dystopian nightmare, Matt Max. Matt, Mott Max. Yes, Mott Max. (laughs) Exactly right. Anyway, brand new road, another chance for them to get it right. And did they? Abso-freaking-lutely not. (laughs) The newly opened, I'm going to say Souk, because I don't know how you're supposed to say it. Souk Highway is home to the world's smallest signboard. Look at that thing. Look at that. Even here in a close-up, I can't read it. 
designed, it says designed in meters, but it was printed in inches. Way to use your brain. It's no secret global positioning uh, systems, GPS, driver's best friend, when it comes to navigating the complication of roads in Malaysia. But every once in a while, people tend to rely on signboards. Like I just warned you, don't. Nevertheless, some people do. What if, though, those signboards were way too small to be seen, let alone read? What if? What if? That's exactly what happened to the newly opened Souk Highway as showcased in a video on the Daily Traffic Report Facebook page. The tiniest signboard could be seen at a split in the highway indicating where the split road leads to. You'd think that might be important information. You can only see what's written on it once you're too close and after... You've already picked the road you're going to pick. Whichever way you're going to go, you've already made that choice. And you still, look here. You see that with the cones? The cones here. So you've already picked whether you're going to go this way or that way. That's the sign that tells you what goes where. This close, you're shut off, and you still can't read the sign. Unbelievable. When we squint just enough, we can confirm that the road going left heads towards Hululangat, while the road heading right goes towards Ampang. Don't ask us what the other words written on the signboard are. They're too small even for us to see. <laughs> Some netizens were amused. Others suspected foul play. Uh, somebody said it must have been designed, whoops, designed in meters but printed in inches. Uh, you have to stop at the intersection, get down from your vehicle, and then walk over to the signboard and maybe you can read it. Look, don't do that. Do not stop on the highway and get out of your car. That is extremely dangerous. This person obviously is being sarcastic, but he or she is right. Says when an accident happens, they'll accuse you of looking at the scenery, but actually, you're just trying to read the signboard. Unbelievable. Have to investigate the contract for the signboard to see the cost to purchase and whether or not the contractor followed the specs. Who signed off on the approvals for the design and payment for the signboard? And finally, somebody said, maybe they made it small on purpose. So when people complain, they can get more jobs to make it bigger. Just unbelievable. Look, look, look again. Let me get back up. There we go. As close as that photograph is, you still can't read that. And that is a in-focus shot. I can't read it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Just incredible. Uh, did I tell you? Did I tell you about Malaysian road signs? Waste of time. Waste of space. Waste of money. All right. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, man. Hang on. Coffee break time. Mm. Found this from Big Think. Very cool. Links in our show notes. You've got to read the whole article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But suddenly, science has a ton to say about UFOs. Or now we're calling them unidentified aerial phenomenon. Something like that. UFOs. 
please. The interest in unidentified aerial phenomenon has spread beyond the general public and into now the scientific community. The reason is simple. We now have the means and the sample size to apply the scientific method to UFO sightings. Time to get rid of the stigma associated with UFO research and do science because the payoff could be huge. Lately, there's been a lot of interest in UAP, or what were called UFOs. Fascination hasn't been limited to the general public. It's increasingly spread among scientists as well. Thank goodness for that. And, you know, the stigma attached to studying UFOs, still today, there are people who, you know, suck their tongue and, eh, you're crazy. Not so much anymore, and thankfully that stigma is going away and science is beginning to get involved, which is what's so cool about this article. There have been occurring uh, since ancient times uh, sightings, but traditionally most science scientists did not take the subject seriously. Well, one reason, more than 90% of observations can be easily explained. Even those that can't are usually based on eyewitness accounts, and it is well known that our perceptions are easily fooled. If you get 10 different witnesses to a crime, very often you'll get 8, 9, 10 sometimes different descriptions of the perpetrator and situation. Our minds do strange things, especially under stress. Compounding the problem is that UAP observations are nearly impossible to replicate. You can't take a sighting, stick it in a lab, and replicate the observations, obviously. This is true no matter how many people actually observe the phenomenon. Add to this the giggle factor surrounding the topic. For scientists, the stigma connected with this research can have pretty serious consequences for your career. The unfortunate result is that observations without easy explanations typically remained unexplained. The situation, however, may be changing. Following up on its 2021 report about UAP, the Pentagon has created a new all-domain anomaly, anomaly resolution office. The objective is to synchronize efforts across the Department of Defense with other U.S. federal departments and agencies to detect, identify, and attribute objects of interest in, on, or near military installations, operating areas, training areas, special use airspace, and other areas of interest, and, as necessary, to mitigate any associated threats to safety of operations and national security. That includes anomalous, unidentified space, airborne, submerged, unidentified underwater objects, and transmedium objects. Very cool. NASA is even weighing in on this. The agency's own study due to get underway this fall. NASA has a lot of stuff out there, including cameras on the International Space Station, all around space, looking out, looking back at Earth. So they are a great resource. Or resource. Uh, not the first time government agencies have tried to get to the bottom of that probably one of the most famous or, in my opinion, infamous uh, studies was Project Blue Book. 
Amir Johnson, hey, thank you for the like. Appreciate it. Thanks for the follow. Right. Anyway, this goes on and on. There's some great information. You can see it's it's a long article, but it really has some incredible information about how scientists are now beginning to weigh in on UFOs. And uh, I think I can't think of a better thing, better piece of news. It's absolutely fantastic that science, as we know it, will be getting involved in answering the question, are we alone? I don't think so. What do you think? I have always been a big believer in, uh, in UFOs, whether they come from another star system, a parallel universe, whatever it might be. Um, I, I have never seen one. I thought, in fact, just a couple of years ago, sitting out on my front porch, I thought I saw uh, a couple of UFOs in the sky. I live not too far away from an airport. Uh, and I believe after thinking about what I saw, it was a few drones in the air, some of the big professional style drones, but the lights and the way they acted and how they appeared in different places in the sky very quickly. On one hand, they didn't act like drones. On another hand, maybe we do have a lot of drone activity around here. I think United Nations made up the UFO things, space, planets, etc. Eh, maybe. Maybe. Hopefully one day we will find out. All right. Uh, we got one more thing, and then we're going to move back on to our book. We're doing Willie and the Warthog, my children's book. We've been reading that. We started in our last stream. We'll continue on with the book tonight. But uh, <laughs> I found this. Peter Kelsey, it's a public post. Uh, it says, Today's Positivity Post if you are as old as me, I promise you will know most of these. I think I know all of them. This is so cool. If you're younger, if you're, if you're under 50, maybe under 40, I'm not sure you will get many of these. If you can't remember why you walked into the kitchen, but you can remember these jingles, you are my people. <laughs> the first one. My baloney has a first name. Do you know the rest of that one? I do. It was a song from a commercial for Oscar Mayer baloney. My baloney has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a second name. It's M-E-Y-E-R. I love to eat it every day. And if you ask me why, I'll say, because Oscar Mayer has a way with B-O-L-O-G-N-A. I remembered the whole song. Bang! <laughs> Here's one. I don't want to grow up. Just simple as that. Now that again is a jingle from a commercial. I just read the words. If I sing it and you're old enough, you'll probably remember. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kids. A million toys at Toys R Us that I can play with. I can't remember the rest of it, but that's what it is. <laughs> uh, this I don't, I don't well remember, but I'm, I'm thinking I know what it is. Give me a break. Give me a break. If I'm not mistaken, and I can't remember the rest of it, but this is for Kit Kat, which of course is around today. I think they're still using that. Give me a break. Give me a Kit Kat. The best part of waking up. Do you remember that one? Oh, that is old. That is 70s stuff. And again, it's a jingle. 
If you know any of these, throw them in the chat before I give you the answer. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Folgers coffee. See, even Miko likes it. <laughs> All right, here's one for you. Again, it's a, most of these are jingles. Sometimes you feel like a nut. <laughs> you remember that one? Again, it's a jingle. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts. Mounds don't. Almond Joy and Mounds. Candy bars. Unbelievable that I'm remembering these things when I forget what I went into the kitchen for. It is scary. <laughs> uh, here's another one. This actually was a Coke commercial. But it was also a hit song because it was a fantastic song. I'd like to teach the world to sing. Most people, I think, even younger people will remember this one. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Remember that one. Uh, reach out and touch someone. I'm less sure about this one, but I want to say AT&T. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. It might have been another phone company, but it was a phone company for sure. Uh, here's one. If you dare wear short shorts. You remember that one? I'm going to say Nair. Nair is a chemical that women put on their legs to get rid of the hair. And it was a jingle. If you dare wear short shorts, Nair for short shorts. And they had women with the, you know, really tiny short shorts with long sexy legs in the commercial anyway uh they're magically delicious that's of course lucky charms and finally meow 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 you gotta be 70s kid to know this one because again it's a jingle and it was a cat singing and if i'm not mistaken it was for meow mix cat food and the, I still can remember that, that jingle, meow, 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 and on and on and on. Annoying, yes, but it's called a hook. It would get in your brain like a little ear bug, and it would stick, and you would remember it. Meow, 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 meow. These are fantastic. If you want the links in our show notes, you can share that out. Uh, on your social media feeds, and uh, why not have fun with it? <laughs> Incredible. All right, hang on a quick second. All right, had to hit the cough button there. Um, yeah, it's time. It's time to move on over to our book. We read books on this show, normally classic books. We've done... Winnie the Pooh, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, The Wizard of Oz, uh, you name it, The Little Prince. We've done so many classic books. This one isn't a classic book yet, <laughs> but it is a book that's near and dear to my heart. And someone, I asked for suggestions of books to read. And since I plug my book on this show once in a while, and it is the link if you want to buy a copy is in our show notes, our link down below. You'll find it. Just scroll down there. It's on Amazon. But it's a children's book that I wrote uh, almost 13 years ago. Wow. 
Uh, sold a few copies, gave away a bunch of autographed copies, and uh, it's called Willie and the Warthog. It's takes place in Malaysia, but it's written for an international audience. It's a great kids' story, and uh, we've been we decided we're going to read it. So we got uh, through the first part of our story. Not a long book, but uh, we're going to move on over, and we're going to bring up Willie and the Warthog and pick up where we left off. Uh, as you know, Robot went flying through the air right into the deepest, darkest part of the jungle where Willie is not supposed to go. But he had no choice. He was going to have to go rescue Robot. So he took a deep breath. He steadied himself, took one last look, squinting his eyes to really see, and stepped one step into the jungle. His heart was beating twice as fast as it should as he held his breath and he moved another step closer to the shadow spot. He still couldn't see anything in there. Willie also didn't see the vine on the ground right in his path. Willie looked up and realized he was lying on his back right in the middle of the shadow spot. He looked around and into the dark spots, but couldn't see any snakes, or worse. What he did see was Robot. Robot, Willie said, not yelling in case he attracted some unwelcome attention, but loud enough to be heard. Robot was lying on his back, just like Willie, looking up at the jungle canopy above. It was just then when he heard it. To his right, but close, a strange snarl coming from the darkest spot. Willie couldn't see anything, but thought he saw something move. He froze, unable to yell, or run, or even think. Fright turned his muscles to mush. All he could do was lay there, helpless, and wait for whatever was sneaking up on him. Willie heard another snarl and footsteps, and knew what kind of creature make a sound like that. It was a warthog. Just as he realized he still couldn't move, he saw it. It wasn't a full-grown warthog, but it was bigger around than Willie, and its tusks were huge, at least ten centimeters long, with the warthog's short, stocky little feet hooves carrying it much quicker than Willie thought. And before he could react, the warthog was straddling his chest. Willie closed his eyes tight, but could smell the breath of the warthog as it pushed its face down into Willie's. Ew! You got the worst stinky breath! Gross! Willie finally found the courage to open his eyes and stared up into the very ugly face of a very dangerous warthog. Not knowing what else to do and desperate for help, Willie looked the warthog straight in his beady little eyes and begged, Today has not been my day. 
And if you're planning to bite my face off, I'd really rather you didn't. The warthog looked even more intently into Willie's face and leaned in even closer so that Willie almost choked from his stinky breath. Suddenly, the warthog's mouth opened and Willie saw the rows of sharp, razor-like teeth. Willie thought, this is it. As the face-eating mouth opened, Willie heard this. Ugh! Yuck! Why would I bite your face off? Willie couldn't believe what he just heard, or what he thought he heard. Did the warthog just talk to him? Better yet, did he just say he didn't want to bite his face off? You, 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 you can talk? Willie asked, still unsure he'd really heard right. Well, yes, to you, but I'm afraid others are too close-minded to hear me. The warthog's voice was exactly as you'd imagine it to be, nasal, with a little too much saliva mixed in. Willie thought, he sounds like Gwen when she has a head cold. Ha! He laughed out loud. What's funny? The nasal, smelly voice asked. You sound like my sister with a cold. He suddenly realized the warthog and his stinky breath were still on top of him. Um, if you're not going to bite my face off, could you at least back up a little? Willie begged. The warthog stepped aside, but still couldn't move much, but wanted to keep things friendly, though he'd better keep the conversation going. Do you have a name? I call myself Ambrosius. What do you think? Willie thought it was the weirdest name he'd ever heard of. Willie said, that's a nice name. I watch you, you know. Every day you come out here to play, and I always hide in the shadows and watch you have fun. I often wish I could join you, but eh, I have also snuck up to your house at night after dark and heard your papa and sister yelling at you warning you about the warthog, so I keep my distance. Your papa seems nice and understanding, but your sister, what's her name? Gwen, Willie replied in a low voice. Yeah, Gwen, what's her problem? She really bosses you around. Willie looked straight into Ambrosius's eyes and said, Ever since my Ibu passed away, she feels like she has to take her place. I guess she's just looking out for me. But she can be a real pain. Willie! Willie knew what that was. Papa Kai was back from the store, but no matter, he always yelled at least twice before he really got mad. You have to go, Ambrosius said with a sad look on his face. Soon, Willie said, but he knew he should leave now. Wanting to know so much more about Ambrosius, he asked, Will I see you again? Ambrosius chuckled. <laughs> of course, I'll be here tomorrow, as always, and we'll talk again. Willie! No mistaking Papa Kai's worried voice. That was it, the second yell. I really gotta go. Uh, can you, um, 
Ambrosius, realizing Willie's foot was still caught under the vine, took one quick bite, and it was freed. Careful, Ambrosius said with a snicker. That could have been your face. Ha! <laughs> Very funny, ha ha. I have to go now. See you tomorrow, Ambrosius. See ya. And with that, Willie ran for home, and Ambrosius slipped back into the shadows of the jungle. Cool. We will move on to chapter three in our next live stream coming up on Saturday night and find out what happens with Ambrosius, Willie, Gwen, and of course, Bapakai. <laughs> oh, look. Oh, there's Robot. <laughs> All right. Thanks, folks. I will, uh, I will see you again on uh, Saturday night, 10 o'clock Malaysian time. Of course, our podcast is available on all the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Radio Public, Geo7 in India. And uh, thanks for all those of you who have uh, popped over there and given us a like and a follow and a subscribe. Appreciate it. I will see you again Saturday night. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. <laughs>